this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of All In with Esports. You know, I just can't get enough of this of what I'm doing here. There's so many different things to discover and discuss and talk about and, and share with you and hopefully inspire you about this whole industry. Esports is is just amazing. And every episode I'm learning something new about not just different things you can do within the industry, but also the people that are actually doing it. And that's what I love the most. I mean, it's just been like this perfect segue from my traditional broadcasting role to now be involved with this as a podcast, the first podcast I've ever hosted. And getting my feet wet has been interesting. But the thing that's common, the common thread is storytelling and meeting great people who are doing things within the industry. So that part of it has really made uh, the connection for me. And I hope that you're getting that through each one of these episodes. We're going to do it again in this episode right now. For those of you who are new to this show or don't know about the other shows we have, make sure you check out esportsfutureide.com. You're going to find all of our episodes there for myself and other podcast hosts who are doing great work. Twitter.com, of course, uh, forward slash esports map. And then on Facebook, you just, just type in uh, Future of Esports and you're going to find us there for sure. All right. There are so many areas to talk about in terms of uh, this industry, but there's one thing that is a constant in almost every industry we're involved with. I don't care what it is, and especially in sports, you have to have it. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself in trouble if you've ignored it or if you haven't done it the right way. And I'm talking about the legal issues. All right. So this episode, we're talking about the legalese of esports. And that side of business is something that just has to be taken care of, hopefully by a legal expert, somebody who knows what they're doing, not posing as one, to make sure a business, in this case, esports business, is set up correctly. And there's so many things happening. It's happening fast. You may be new into it. You may be looking at it. But listen, contracts have to be negotiated, constructed to, to fit the situation. They got to be signed, got to be adhered to. And of course, if necessary, you know, there could be arbitration of disputes or in some cases, it's off to court we go to settle a contractual disagreement or even a violation. This is, look, it's all simply necessary due diligence in all types of business and in course of sports. And it's a part, a vital part of this esports world that is really accelerating at an incredible pace. From companies to individuals operating in the space, everybody's got to have some sort of legal representation or understanding as to what's happening. Jared Vaslauskas is an attorney and expert agent advisor in the Chicago area, and he's working in baseball and is an attorney on the board for the Esports Trade Association. So, Jared, welcome, man. I'm glad to have you and looking forward to this conversation. Lewis, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to, to have this conversation as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it is so funny because having been in television for 25 years, I understand the importance of, of the legal side of, the, of having an agent and making sure that agent is going to be negotiating on your behalf or making sure the contractual arrangements are, co are correct. If anyone saw a, a contract that I've signed or anyone in my industry has signed for what we do, I mean, the amount of pages and paragraphs and clauses and, and lingo is just endless. So I have long had to trust someone who does what you do to make sure that everything is is correct. For people who don't know, uh, what is the Esports Trade Association and what is it that you do for them? 
The Esports Trade Association is a registered 501c6 trade association that focuses on developing best practices within the industry and bringing thought leaders and leaders within the industry from all different sectors of of esports together to share ideas and develop and help grow this industry properly. What I do is I serve on their board of directors and I'm on their executive committee. So I'm one of the people that has a, a voice in shaping the vision of the organization and also making sure that we are doing things the way that we can best do to serve the industry. Mm. So for 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 those who may not be aware, we've talked so many times on this show about how fast the esports industry is growing exponentially, nationally and globally. And in terms of the trade association and what you have to do, how important is it for for your that organization and then your skills to pay attention to how things are being structured legally to make sure that either individuals or teams or groups or what have you are doing things the right way because it's happening so fast. Absolutely. And that's part of where the association comes in is wanting to make sure that with this growth of the industry, there are ways to make sure that it's sustainable growth and ways to make sure that the people that are involved are seriously interested in seeing this industry thrive and grow. We're getting some of the best people that have had success in other industries coupled with insiders from the esports industry to make sure that practices are put in place and ideas are brought to the table to grow the industry. From the legal side of it, you have multiple different parties, whether it's your grassroots organization that's starting out as an esports group, whether it's places that want to host esports tournaments, whether it's people trying to start off amateur teams, whether it's agencies trying to negotiate for their players, whether it's people trying to get the IP from a publisher. There's a variety of different legal issues within the esports space. Some of them are going to look very similar to other industries, but it's important to make sure that you have someone that has experience in negotiating high-level contracts. Mm -hmm. Look at those agreements and help you protect your rights without putting you in a position where you could be negatively affected because of a contractual decision made. Right. And uh, that is so important. And, and it's so important, I think, too, as well, as you said, a marker. This is the beginning of some relationship, a contractual relationship. And that has to be right. All those things have to be right. You mentioned something about uh, how different people from different industries are now becoming connected with the esports uh, industry now. So you have folks in other sports or other what have you connecting there. If I'm not mistaken, you spend, have spent many of your last few years as an attorney within Major League Baseball. In other words, give people a sense of how you represent baseball players or teams or what have you, and now how you've married that legal experience now to help the Esports Trade Association. Absolutely. So most of my experience has been first as a general counsel for a sports agency and then working with other agents in representing their players and then negotiating contracts with other agents. I've also done some work with Olympic athletes and Olympic level athletes. So what I've focused on is protecting rights of athletes mm-hmm. um, yeah. and working with agents to ensure their, their athletes' rights are protected. Where I'm, I'm looking in the esports space is understanding that there's so much of this frontier that is 
new and developing, and it's uncertain as to where some of these rights are going to develop. So having enough foresight in the contract to protect for the future. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear you say that because if there's, let's just, for instance, let's, let's, let's put it down like this. If there's a young gamer, say someone who's about to become a semi-pro or a pro gamer, young kid, 16 years old, and, and some of them are making a lot of money early on here, who now has a name, they have a platform, they maybe are, are now connected with a team, or maybe they're solo and they have a brand. That's what I want to say. And that brand can be playing locally or, or domestically, but if they're playing internationally, you know, if they're connecting with maybe some sort of sponsorship from some company overseas, there are so many legal implications there for the moment and for the future. I mean, how do you begin to navigate helping someone like that, just an individual who is trying to get in and get established and be protected, not only here, but internationally? Well, certainly. In general. In general, and without of course, advising anyone that would be hearing this. Right. First thing to do would be to know all the parties that are involved in the relationship and really identifying who the key players of the contract are, how many parties are going to be involved. From there, you can start figuring out obligations and responsibilities to move forward in negotiating contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, this is not legal advice that you're getting now. We're talking just uh, uh, general discussions about the industry and how the work of an attorney and, and the legal side of things are so important in an ever-growing industry. But Jared, let's step back a bit. As you prepared to go to Loris College back in 2006, I believe it was, to study sports management, how did you envision your professional track at that time? Where did you think you were going in your life? Uh, when I originally entered Loris, I, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports, and as I was finishing high school, I started to realize that I seemed to like areas of the law and topics in high school that started to, to address law. So I started to think early on that I was looking to go into some type of sports law and go on for an advanced degree after Loris. I focused my my studies as much as I could and had the benefit of having some great mentors and great advisors at Loris that were able to help me take some independent studies and curriculums to merge sports and the law, which was something that was a different field and growing differently 10 plus years ago than it is now. Yeah. So, and so you started with that and then, and then you decided to uh, head on to Valparaiso for your Juris Doctorate, which is of course a law degree. When when was it clear that that's what you wanted to do? You wanted to head for the uh, for the law for a law degree. I would say it was probably sometime early to mid my freshman year of college. Oh, I was so early on. Okay. Yeah, I was getting experience at the time, both in the sports management field and also I was part of the school's mock trial team. So I was able to start seeing how I was able to apply a fact pattern and build out arguments, and I really enjoyed the practice. So I decided that at that point, I wanted to try and pursue a, a law degree and make a career in law. Yeah. I think back to when our sons were in high school, uh, both of them, we asked them to go through the debate program. One one did and one didn't. But I thought that there would be some great qualities that you could take out of being in debate in terms of uh, taking a topic, uh, structuring an argument, and then presenting your thoughts or ideas or facts on it. Was that something you were involved with debate as well to kind of help you get in front of people and, and present? 
I did a little bit in high school. It was more the debates I would be involved in were the mock trial team. I didn't have a separate debate in college, but the team did allow me to start critically thinking, preparing arguments, preparing counterpoints, and serve that role in developing and getting ready for a career Long. Yeah. When you when you think back to your high school and your college experience, how much gaming was involved there for you? I mean, were you somebody who who was an esports guy or how much time did you spend? I, I definitely did some gaming in high school and in college. I think it it depended on availability and the time of year. Certainly there were certain times of year where I had more free time and I would I would game more. High school it would be an excuse for some of us to get together once in a while and play the old fashioned halo games where you had to win to stay in or else you were out. And sometimes (laughs) if you had enough people on the same system with enough adapters, you could play a sports game or two and have multiple people playing at the same time. So it depended how many people were available and what people were in the mood to play. College, it started being some of the same thing. We'd, we'd have times where you'd get guys that would want to play Madden or NCAA football at the time. Call of Duty was another one that guys like to play a lot. Yeah. Pretty cool. As you as you began your law experience, having graduated and moved into the industry, how long was it before you discovered there was an esports trade association? And how did that all come about? I believe you told me that you had gone to a, an event and someone began to talk about it and they said they needed an attorney. So how did all that work out? Yeah, absolutely. About two years ago. I was at the sports lawyers conference in Phoenix and they had a panel on esports and it was this new emerging area in the law. Very interesting. And I started talking to some of the, the sponsors and speakers on that panel. From there, I was connecting with people locally through LinkedIn in the Chicagoland area and met a contact that we, we got a chance to sit down over coffee and talk about some of the trends in the esports industry. About six months after that, that coffee, my contact reached out to me and said, Hey, I've been invited to, to come to this meeting. They are looking for an attorney to, to come be part of this board. Would you like to come? And that's how I got involved with the Esports Trade Association and was able to eventually become one of their board of director members and sit on the board and work with the organization. That's great. How much time uh, a month are you spending with the organization and, and, and what are you at, how are you helping to advise them in general with, with, with best practices and, and getting things set the right way? Yeah, I'm currently serving on the board and reviewing documents, helping to finalize revisions to the bylaws, reviewing agreements that the board might be entering into. Mm-hmm. I also attend the monthly member meetups via Zoom. And starting in February, we're going to have morning coffee member meetups as well. So we're going to have several events per month. I did a webinar for the trade association on legal implications around COVID-19, which I know was a hot button issue for everyone, Right. especially last spring and last summer. I've been involved with trying to help be a resource and speak on issues where I can, be at as many events as possible, and then also serving in my capacity as a board member. Yeah. For those who are getting into the industry, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but are there some general best practices to consider some of the do's and don'ts as you begin to thinking about 
you know, moving forward in this business? And I know that's kind of a wide and broad question, but I ask it that way so that you can address it the way you want, of course, without this being legal advice, but just maybe things that people need to think about, the do's and don'ts, and then where might they look for some sort of legal representation if they are about to enter into a relationship with somebody? Absolutely. I'm going to, as someone that knows there are people in the industry that know far more about the ins and outs of certain games in the esports industry than I do. The do's I have are simple and that's make sure you're, you're networking as with entering any industry. And also don't be afraid to reach out. I've noticed that I have made so many connections in the esports space and so many people that if you're willing to come in and ask questions are more than happy to talk about it because it's a passion they have. Yeah, They're more than willing to share ideas or hear your ideas and help guide you. The don'ts would be that don't come in thinking you are a absolute authority on something. Right. Everyone in the industry has their strengths and everyone knows that there's room for improvement. This is a growing industry. As long as you come in willing to be collaborative and not thinking that you're an absolute authority, I've noticed people are very receptive to sharing ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a best practice and a best, best warning for anything you're doing, right? I mean, I think a touch of humility is always important to have, no matter what you're doing. I think people who are genuine will appreciate that. And you have a better opportunity to have a free flow of information and an exchange of ideas if you come in with an air of of respect and humility and you want to fold in and learn some things, I think people are always willing to exchange information. Most of them are, don't you think? I, I would completely agree. I've noticed that throughout my career, situations where even when you're in the legal space and people are representing opposing viewpoints, collaboration sometimes gets the deal done as opposed to <clears throat> digging in your heels and trying to be adverse in every situation. Right. So, Absolutely. The more you can collaborate with colleagues and the more you can share differing viewpoints on a subject that you're trying to come to an end decision allows for successful growth in the industry, but also builds that camaraderie and builds your network, which is going to lead to future deals that you're likely able to do down the road. Right. And, and, and to me, it's what I it's what I've always believed in my career. It's where we've raised our sons It's where I would instruct some of these, uh, for instance, being in TV for 25 years. And I have plenty of conversations with people who want to be in the industry. And and it comes down to that basic, basic human respect, respecting somebody's humanity, their space, their knowledge, their experience, trying to learn from that. I, I often, Jared, have conversations with with uh, young reporters who want to be in the industry. And I, and I talk to them about, for instance, walking into a stadium. I said, when you walk into a stadium, you need to treat the stadium like you're walking into someone's home. Okay. You come in with a, with an air of respect, just because you're on camera, you're a TV person doesn't mean you own the stadium, you own the building. You can tell people what to do and how to do it and bark at them, what have you. That's a good way to get your behind kicked out of there or not get any help that you need at some point. So show respect to the, to the facility and, and to the people who run it. Oftentimes I remember going to Notre Dame stadium when I was doing that for NBC, there were people, Jared, who were working some of those aisles or ushers who were working. They had been there for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Their father, their grandfather may have worked the same aisle. So there was history there. And uh, every now and then you'd want to try to get a parent down on the sideline for an interview or what have you. Well, if you have no relationship, if you've struck no relationship, you've shown no respect and said, hello, how are you? And how's it going? 
or you've been a jerk or you've been worse than that, how do you ever expect to get any cooperation? And I think that's really the basic thing that we all have to understand that even in our expertise, there should always be room for us to show respect and, 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 and honor somebody's humanity as we do what we do. Nothing wrong with being good at what you do, but you can also be a, a great human being as you do it. And it sounds like what you do. And I think it's great advice for everybody. Um, oh. I ahead. will say too, I had a couple of very wise professors and very good mentors over the years that mm -hmm. advised us early on when you were going to be out there looking for job interviews or trying to get into an industry that, look, you need to be, like you said, have that that level that everyone's on the same playing field and you have to treat the the person that's going to be your first point of contact the same as the person that you're ultimately interviewing with because you don't know in the room who's got input, who's got the ear of the decision makers, who's part of that decision-making group. That's and right. It's unfair to expect a favor or to be rude to the person that's the ultimate gatekeeper to the, the end decision makers, because if you're a jerk and the next person wasn't, they're going to tell the, the decision makers that, and you're on the outside looking in and on the, the list of people that aren't going to get called back and that's going to spread around the industry very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. For some of the athletes that you represent in, in football, you know, I do a lot of media training with some of the athletes getting ready to go to the NFL combine. Didn't do it this year because of COVID, but in my media training for them, I have a, I, I, the foundation of principle is that is win the room, win the room. So when they get to Indianapolis and they get ready to go into those rooms to meet with X team, from the moment that you present yourself at the door, from the handshake to the eye contact to the strong voice to how you're dressed to how you greet the room, everybody at the table to how you sit to how you explain, you know, your passion, your love for the game, the X's and O's, how you explain the arrest that you were involved with or what have you. All those things will be a factor as to what they decide to do when everybody's gone and they got the draft board up there and they're trying to figure out which person to take how you presented yourself and how you behaved and how you've been truthful, honest, uh, and passionate may be the decision, the difference between you being picked over somebody else. And it's true. It's, it's from the gatekeeper all the way down to the, to the guy who's the general manager of the team. All those things are so important in how we manage ourselves. And I think that that's important in every facet for sure. No question. So you had some good professors, man, who gave you some great stuff. Um, for uh, some of these younger players who are getting into the business now, of course, in Major League Baseball and other sports, you have a lot of a lot of athletes making a lot of money. But when we look to this industry now, we have some kids in high school or just out of high school who could be making, who could win a purse of half a million or a million dollars at some tournament. How are you in general? How should people, families trying to figure out how to help their kids navigate this newfound career and, and, and financial wealth? How should they begin to think about approaching or dealing with all of a sudden this transition into being really good at some game, at some, some esports game, and now all of a sudden they're making big money? I think first and foremost is in any decision you're going to make in anybody's life, you have people that you rely on that you can trust that can be a resource for you. And in any, in any person's life, they have to know who those people are. They have to ensure that they surround themselves with people that have their best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And they have to be sure that they're able to respect the advice know who those people are and who to rely on to make those tough decisions. They also have to know that 
what decision is best for them might not be necessarily the decision that's best for somebody else. Yeah. And it's a challenge because I think we can all remember back to when we were that age and we were trying to be independent and then look, look at ourselves 10 years after the fact and realize there were a lot of people looking out for us. And once we wised up and knew to listen to those people and take their input, things started getting easier for life. So Mm -hmm. it's just because you're coming into money, you shouldn't change the people around you that you trust. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a great way to put it. And the other thing I think you mentioned when we spoke was we're talking about being an agent, but every agent doesn't necessarily have to be an attorney. What are your thoughts on that? I have, that's first off correct that there's, there's agents out there that aren't attorneys. I have worked with plenty that are not attorneys and are very good at what they do. They are adequately representing their clients. And there's times that you have people in industries that negotiate a deal and then ultimately send it back to the lawyers to dot the I's and cross the T's. So the the first negotiators aren't necessarily the ones that have to review all the documents. And I'm sure you've seen that in, your, in other industries too, where absolutely the lawyers come in and Sometimes that, that's why people say, oh, negative things about lawyers is they slow up the deal at the end because we have to make sure everything is what was agreed to on, on the front side. Yeah. Well, you, you, I think you'd rather have, you, you must have that legal representation. That must be a part of what you're doing. And I think that that is going to be uh, a big part of what everybody has to do as they move forward in this industry, for sure. Jared, where can people reach out to speak with you or to follow up on this conversation we've had here, how can they get a hold of you? Certainly. You can find me on LinkedIn. Our, you can also look at our firm's website, which is www.powercronin.com. And from there, there's contact information to reach out to me directly. More than happy to answer any questions people have about the esports space, about the sports space, or just business transactions in general. Yeah. And I would, I would advise I would I would really encourage people to do that because as we said the the industry is growing so fast and so many people are getting involved with it in so many different levels. I, I spent some time overseas this past year looking at uh, esports locations and looking at teams and venues and it's just so much happening. And then here locally, domestically in the Dallas area, with the venues here and of course with individuals playing and of course teams together. I mean, it's just so much happening. The legal part of it is an important aspect that has to be taken care of. And so this has been a really, really interesting conversation. So I hope that people will reach out to you and and get some information. Jared, thank you so much, man, for your time. I really appreciate it. Lewis, thank you so much for having me. And it was a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Jared Basilaskis, who is an attorney on the board for the Esports Trade Association. Get in touch with him because there's something that you can learn as you begin to move forward in whatever area of the industry you're involved. Don't go into it blindly. Have a conversation with somebody you can trust who will give you some advice, uh, give you some direction, and you never know, maybe even some representation. You never know with that. Make sure that you continue to catch all the episodes here on esportsfutureye.com, Twitter, Facebook, we're all over the place. And we are always here for you when it comes to esports. Once again, 
my team is I'm, I'm into teamwork, man. I love that. And I have to thank Aaron and C and AJ at Innovation Media Enterprises. I have never been on the air doing anything by myself. It's always been a team and they are our team, Innovation Media Enterprises for all these podcasts. So thanks so much to them for another great job. And don't forget to catch uh, some of our other podcasts that are now going. We've got our our esports future eye editor in chief, Chantel Boucher, has just launched a new show, Esports Ezine Podcast. Uh, she is unbelievable. Make sure you catch that. Have you heard John Davidson's the DLC Mic Drop Podcast? He's great, as well as Rebecca Langawa, the future of marketing and esports. Everybody here to talk esports any time of the day when you're listening in your car, at work when you shouldn't be. Just enjoy it, take it in, and give us your comments on social media so we know what you're thinking about it. Once again, everybody, thank you for being with me here. And as I always say, I hope you've been inspired. And let's talk again soon on All In With Esports. We'll see you. Love it. Great job. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel, and we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network.